Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fins Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Reel Down. Uh, if you're catching this when it releases on uh, Wednesday morning, welcome. Uh, I'll throw this in there just because a lot of people think that we are live on Facebook that early in the mornings. Uh, I don't know if you've ever caught that in the comments, Drew. A lot of folks, when we posted to Facebook at like 6 a.m., they think we're already up and moving and got these guests on that early. So uh, thanks for thinking we're that dedicated. Well, and yeah, motivated, really. but we're not. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, we, we love the sport, but my God, you know, we got to get up early to fish tournaments already. Like, why get up early for that, you too? Come on. I mean, I, I'd like to meet the guests that would meet me. It's, it's you know, 6 like 5.55 to get ready for a podcast. Yeah, no doubt. What's going on, man? Uh, how was yeah. your trip? I didn't get to talk last week. I got caught up with work. I made every other hey. podcast we do last week, but. Well, I'll spare you all the. The, all the long drawn out stories because we went over it really well last week with uh, Dusty Yacker, Robert Weicker, and Ken Morris, and we all stayed in the same house. And, and everybody cashed ch- checks or was in the top ten percent, I guess. Um, and it was it was a good time, and we recapped awesome. it very thoroughly there. So go back and listen. But the bottom line is, after day one, I was leading. They had updated the standings for the AOI, and I was leading the Angler of the Year race for KBF. And I'm thinking, dude, I, I got a chance. You know, I'm winning the Angler. I'm leading the Angler of the Year. I have a chance to possibly win this one more day and then go to Hobie and possibly, you know, you know, take Double that dip. one too. So anyway, long story short, man, it, God had other plans for, for me in my life with everything. Uh, obviously I wasn't meant to be in the 10 or the AOI or whatever, because my motor uh, in the morning, 15 minutes in an hour, a mile and a half away blew up. It basically just started sparking and smoking and it glowed orange and, and there was a little fire going on in there. And I have a, I have a theory that I may have nicked a, a wire when I shortened the shaft. And of course it's been fine all year. Never showed any signs of having a problem and it was shorting out on that. And it just, so I don't know. I haven't even opened it up to look at it, but either way I was stuck in a solo skiff a mile and a half away and I couldn't get to the water I wanted to get to. And I had to paddle it all day. Long. Ended up with like 78 and a half inches 
but then I came back on day three and, and, and a little 10 foot paddle kayak on up a Creek and ended up, uh, you know, cashing a check, I guess. Out Do of you have it on video? No, no. I had Dang so it. much chaos going on, dude. You don't even want to know. I dropped my phone in the water. I was digging around in the bottom of the swamp after the end of day one, looking for it in four foot of water. Uh, it, it was nuts. You got to go back and listen. It was crazy, but I, yeah, I, I was telling y'all before, uh, I've purposely like kept myself in the dark on, I mean, obviously I know what the outcome of the NC was, but I've been trying to keep myself on in the dark on the listening until, um, we had G on to talk about it. Um, he couldn't make it last week, which is fine. And, uh, I'm just gonna have to call him back. I said, I was going to get a business call right in the middle of this. I didn't think it'd be in the first 30 seconds, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I'd, I've been just wanting to to hear it fresh, and G decided he could make it uh, next the week after, so we got it all booked out for today. And uh, maybe maybe some of our listeners haven't, you know, they're they're true to us, and they haven't followed in on much of the NC stuff. But uh, we'll go ahead and bring him in. Yeah, man, uh, he's always fun in. to talk to. G's full of information. Absolutely. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? It's going. There it is. <laughs> hey man, have you had any rest yet? You've actually kind of had time to let it soak in and just kind of, just I don't know, man. What have you been up to since since the big win? Man, the answer to that question is I have not had time to let it rest. Um, ever since I got back, I've been busy with all kinds of things. Some, some, you know, some related to having won the tournament, but mostly not. Um, and uh, I mean, I got to sleep in one morning till eight. And that's, uh, every other morning it's, it's, it's been, it's been a rise and grind for me. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's funny too. Like after tournaments, forget if you win, if you win, that's a whole other story. But after every tournament, when you get home, so much life has piled up. Cause you don't have time to get back to phone calls, yeah. emails, any work stuff during the event. And you're there for like a week. You know what I mean? Especially longer, you know, possibly at the NC. But so when you get home, it all, it's like, it's all caught up and you have no time for anything. Now take in the fact that you won the thing and my goodness, I can't even imagine like what, what it's been like. I mean, just a whirlwind, I'm sure, but we're glad to have you on now week after we can get a little bit different perspective and, and maybe, maybe the brains had a little time to de-stress on it. Maybe something will pop in that you hadn't told nobody else or maybe you get to relive it again. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, you know, so I've had, you know, I've had a few interviews and podcasts and I feel like every interview and podcast that I do gets a little better and better. I, I don't know why that is, but <laughs> yeah. it's like after I've had time to really process it all, it seems like I can really, I can really like put to words what happened better and better the longer it's been. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's awesome. kind of a weird deal, but it's, it's kind of something that I've noticed over time as i've done kind of more and more little interviews and podcasts or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah i've noticed like things like that with myself in general like right after it happens it seems like it's like a fuzz but you know you give it a week or two when i have to go back and think about it it seems like my mind is i I don't know if it's calmed down but i i'll start to you know remember certain details or you know just have that little bit more clarity on everything. So exactly. I definitely understand. Well, uh, we'll get right into it just cause it was a, a huge three day event. I, I want to talk first. I mean, again, uh, a lot of people know about the outcome of the by the time this show's airing, but how was everything? It looked all the videos and pictures I saw the, like the venue looked cool. What they did for everybody looked amazing. How was the whole just 
overall experience? Uh, I mean, so of all the KBF national championships that I've fished, I think this one was the best overall experience. Um, only because, you know, I mean, it, it would make sense as they do more and more and more of them. They, they learn more and more about, you know, how to use their time efficiently. And, and uh, to me, this particular event uh, was, was the best ram that I've experienced yet. Now, I did not attend the NC at Gunnersville. I heard that was a great national championship. But uh, uh, this one was fantastic. And uh, I, think, I think KBF did a great job. They took care of their anglers. You know, they fed mm-hmm. their anglers in so many ways. And Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I thought it went very well. And honestly, after this one, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I, I think that's true for uh, a lot of people, you know, no matter what level it is. I, I feel like that they kind of showed out in a way. Um, they had a big announcement. Uh, the, like I, like we're saying, the event was just, it seemed very top notch. I, I haven't heard too many. I don't think I've heard any complaints, honestly, other than like, damn, I wish I had done better. But you know, <laughs> yeah. that's on you. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> your folks catching 105 inches, exactly. you got to put in your own work, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, the stage was great. I, I loved their stage this year. And the fact that I don't know if you guys could see this, Jimmy, from the pictures, but the the venue, I guess, had such a large room, you know, it had the big stage in front, but all around it, uh, around all the seats was actually like the expo as well. So it's all in one place. It's not like you're in oh. some place that has separate rooms. You got to go to this ballroom for to see the expo. It's like it's all there together where everyone's already, you know, seated in the, and, and hanging out waiting for the, everything to begin. They can check out the vendors and and the booth. So that was a really nice setup. Really, That's really cool. nice. So. Yeah, I was supposed to come down on Wednesday and help uh, the Yak Gadget guys out at the expo. And I was looking forward to that. But every time I plan on doing something like that, work, like I, I own my own business and I thought in doing that, I would have more time to do things like this. Like I can make my own schedule. That has been the biggest crock that I have ever thought. I, it was like that for the first six months, but since then, like I, about halfway through this year, basically every plan I've had, I just had to like cancel because every time it gets close, I was supposed to share a house with Drew, I think in Florida. Then we talked about sharing a house, I think in uh, lacrosse that didn't happen. I just been, it's chaotic. And that I, as soon as I did, man, we found a deal on hotel, you know, everything. And then I went from like having three days where hadn't had any phone calls got everything caught up and set ready to leave. And then my phone blew up. I need it now. I need it now. I need it now. And I was like, all right. I mean, you made money. I'm over here complaining (laughs) about making money, but no, that's good. It'd been way, way cooler to make it down there for that. But, but yeah, what I was saying though, is it seems like it's such a good experience. I've heard and seen doing the, the other podcasts we have and listening to some other stuff. It sounds like uh, there's a lot of interest going from anglers that have, been kayak anglers for a minute seems like the people that were naysayers or you know didn't fish kbf for whatever reason are having that interest again so i think going into next year may be a, a another big year for them as far as participation yeah. Uh, yeah. and whatever it may be even the monthlies but uh, it's just yeah. seemed like there's been a lot of positive vibe going their way yeah it's a different experience wouldn't you agree uh guillermo that the kbfnc is what well, i'd freaking love the fact that all of our big the biggest elite events whether it be the bass nation championship or toc or the kbfnc they all are different in their own way 
And what's cool about the KBF one is it really is not, it's not like, and they even say this on stage, like, this isn't meant to be the most, the elitist of all the, the you know championship events. It's most to be, it's meant to be the most inclusive. It's easy to get into. Everyone knows that. And that that's actually what we celebrated on last week's podcast. So when you go back and listen to that, Jimmy, you'll see that you can get houses with a bunch of guys. Like, everybody's there. It's a big party. It's a big you know, fishing, kayak fishing, rodeo celebration. And that's what makes it special, unique, and different, Not, let alone, obviously, that brings in a lot more money for bigger payouts. And guys like G are obviously happy about that. So, <laughs> so I mean, wouldn't you agree that it's kind of like the cool thing about the KBFNC? And tell us, did you stay in a house with a bunch of people? Or did you, or were you just kind of like dialed in, focused on just staying by yourself or with one or two other people, kind of like tight-knit group? No, we, we had a pretty, pretty big group. For sure. Um, and yeah, I totally agree with you, Drew. I mean, you could tell uh, one of the things that, you know, really stood out to me was the amount of people that, you know, I had, I had several people go up to me that, um, you know, I never would have otherwise met amazing right. people um, that just either haven't put the time into some of the other trails or, you know, they're just really, more than anything, they're fans of the sport. And they are there purely to participate, you know. They're not worried about winning. They're, they're right. there because they just want to be a part of something. And, uh, and, and they get to be a part of it through, the, through kayak bass fishing, that organization. And, uh, and they get the opportunity to fish against, you know, people who might be, you know, honestly, they're, they're kind of heroes, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, the people that they look up to in the sport. And there's not very many events that I'll give you the opportunity to really compete with those people at what I would consider, you know, the highest level. Now, while this wasn't a, this, no, it, it's not a TOC, you know, I think, I don't think anybody can argue that, that the TOC really is the highest level in the sport because it is very difficult to get in a lot of great anglers don't make it in every year but um when i say highest level i mean competing for big money real you know real big money in on a on a competitive stage and these people get to be a part of that and that means so much to them and it, that was evident the entire time that we were there yeah. um at the convention center you know for and sure. so many people, I remember, I mean, it, it kind of humbled me, honestly. So many people went up to me and, 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 and said the nicest things. I mean, uh, about how they've known who I was for a long time and they followed me for, for years, ever since way before, you know, way before the times, the days of the national championship. And, and that was really humbling for me and, and made the experience all the better for me, even before I, I had the opportunity to win. Yeah. No doubt, man. It's about community. That's what was cool about the sport from the very beginning. I know you know that, Jimmy. There's so many good uh, clubs and groups in your state. But but kayak fishing really became a family in a community. That's what was special about our sport. You know, it's getting that fellowship for, you know, brotherly, you know, sisterly, whatever, like guys, girls, whatever, just the fellowship and, and the friendships that are made. And we've really changed a lot of people's lives for the better through this sport. So to be able to celebrate that at the national championship makes that event special in that way. And that's awesome. And then I think it's cool. The TOC is special in what you just said about being the most elite and bass is special because it's started all this. You get you on the classic stage. It's, it's a little bit of a little bit of both there on that one. Probably so right. very cool, man. Yeah. It's the, we talk about it all the time, man, the camaraderie and the, the fellowship of it. it's like that. I was telling a guy, 
just now he was texting me telling me he's I'm sick of recording podcasts, man. I'm thinking about quitting. And I was like, nah, you're good. And he was like, there, you know, we were talking and he was like, well, there's so much negativity, you know, going around, you know, that you have to like dodge subjects and, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know, it's crazy that the fellowship's what got us all into it. And it seems like hey, there's times where it's like I seem to lose that, like I don't see it. And then you hear about stuff like like this event or like like going to an event, even a local level, man, like. I went to a weigh in a couple of weeks ago, couldn't couldn't get out to fish and just the hanging out at the end of it. And you're like, oh, no, this is you like it brings you right back to like, no, man, kayak fishing's still freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, I love all it these is. people, which which does bring up the point we made on last week's podcast. And you you probably will agree, Guillermo. I'm not sure, but you were very whipped. We all were after that whole thing. And I know you especially from all that you had to go through, how many days you pre-fished. The one thing we said for KBF, they could. Yeah, well, we had a few little things, you know, they were constructive, you know what I mean? Obviously, uh, because the event was amazing overall, but we thought, man, that one day where they hold that party for us at the, uh, and there was a band playing, if they, they could have just done that on like, you know, two days before the tournament started or something, or, or got given us our hundred top 100 day boards at the beginning. And then it was optional to stay because we all had to get back, charge batteries, sometimes multiple batteries. And we had a lot to do. I mean, I had a motor that blew up and I couldn't get back to like start fixing it to try to find a way to get back on the water the next day. So I'm, I'm there till like 9 p.m. But um, but that was, I mean, that was definitely one little small thing that I thought could have been maybe tweaked somehow because it's exhausting. I mean, tell tell us a little bit about how exhausting that event is because that's what else makes it unique. Uh, but the reason I say I wanted that, that situation flip-flopped because I do want the camaraderie. I do want to hang out, but just not – on the second day of a three-day tournament. Yeah, not at 9 you know o'clock I mean? the yeah. night before the final right, day. Right, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but I want to hear about how exhausted <laughs> you were, man, because we've all been there. We're delirious at this event. It's like the most grueling, grinding event, which is what, what makes it so fun. Everyone's just like, you know, I, I mean, we didn't. I didn't have time to even take a drink there, but I, I guarantee if I had a sip of beer, I would have been – I would have felt drunk because I already felt drunk from be, having no sleep and yeah. <laughs> like hardly time to, you know. So anyway, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that part of the event, well, the exhaustion. So all I gotta say is that TOC is gonna be one the biggest beater of a tournament that I've probably ever fished in my life because they let us use motors in the KBF, and I right. I wanted to die by the time day three was over. I mean, I was I was telling a couple of friends that I was sitting by, like after day three. I mean, I I kid you not, I, I felt like I, you know, when you're out there on the water, you're running on so much adrenaline that you almost don't feel it. However, the second that three o'clock hits and you are done fishing, yep. <laughs> I I kid, I mean, I, I felt I felt like almost throwing up. Yeah. I mean, my body was adrenaline crash after that third day. My body was just done. It was so done. And, and, you know, yeah. kayak fishing in particular is unlike any other competitive fishing you can do. I mean, it it, it, it's, it's like, it really is like the iron man of, of, of fishing because I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I even, I see even in the boat world, I mean, it's a physical sport to me, you know, but in you, you, you put yourself in a kayak and it becomes an even more physical sport in my opinion. Yeah. And, um, 
and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't see it that way, but they, they don't have to, they, they're not in our shoes, but we, you know, we're out there and we're fishing and we know what it does to our body. And yeah. it, it, I, two day tournaments with me. Yep. But I can handle two day tournaments, three day tournaments. Absolutely wreck me. And I, I'm just being honest when I say that. And by the, by the time that tournament was over, I needed days to recover and, 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 I still almost don't feel like I've completely recovered from it, yeah. but, uh, but I did need to recover. It was an absolute beating. And it, it honestly, it's got me thinking, man, the TOC is going to be that times times two, because, you know, that's going to be all 100% human power. And every single competitor in that event is going to be fishing so extremely hard, you know, at the, at the KBFNC, you know, you can count on about probably, you know, that, that, those people, and you can just about handpick those people that you know are going to fish so incredibly hard and are going to put their all out there on the water. But so many people in that tournament are not, um, because they're not, they're not necessarily there for, for, for the competition. They're there to be there. Um, but at the GOC, everybody's going to be there because they want to win. It, oh yeah, it really, exactly. It really is like it really is. I mean, I, I don't want to compare it to a boat tournament, but I mean, in my personal, from my perspective, it really is kind of the the Bassmaster Classic, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. like, the KBFNC is like the All American. Yeah. Um, and uh, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I I feel the, the amount of accomplishment that I felt from winning that event was truly special um i've never felt that accomplished from winning an event in my entire life and and i've had the opportunity to win many events at midway usa we know the ar-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern american history known for its modularity and widespread use it's often considered essential to any gun collection the essential things you need to run an ar-15 are usually always in stock during shortages things like magazines and 5.56 ammo Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on, and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Only because I know that the elite field that was there fished their absolute tail off and wanted to beat me with every fiber of their being. (laughs) And not not in a malignant way, but in in a a competitive way. Right. And so it, it, it felt incredible you know, uh, to get the opportunity. And I think some people saw it in my face when they announced my name, the winner, you know, guys like guys like you and I drew, we, yeah, we absolutely give everything we have into this sport. I mean, we do. And when we get the opportunity to reap the benefits of it, the feeling, the feeling that we get from it is indescribable. And, <laughs> and that's kind of where I was at when they announced Dude, my we name could see it. Dude, we could see it, man. I could tell. I knew exactly why you reacted the way you did. If anybody wants to go back and watch that, you know, live stream, I haven't watched it, but I, I mean, obviously it was there and I saw it, but I, I dude, the amount of just, you didn't know your body did not even know how, to react because you're so exhausted you didn't know what emotion and you could tell you didn't even know what emotion like to to feel to come out you were it was confused it was like it, it was one of those but it was awesome man it, it was just that's that's the nc that's that's what's gonna happen to toc that's you know the top tournaments in our sport that's kind of the way i think it should be where the winner just spent so much everyone who's at that in the top 10 or whatever like you said they're just spent and that is 
a true definition of a, a sport physically spent emotionally mentally mm-hmm. everything and i dude you're right guys like you and i and the ones who definitely at the toc i've never i know this this is probably true for you i've never stopped casting in any tournament no matter if i had just two fish and it's still you know 10 minutes till lines out i've never i don't i go 100 percent until literally lines out and then yeah. but then i can complain or be upset or whatever afterward i can i can whine and complain about a motor blowing up afterwards but <laughs> in the meantime i'm gonna paddle that you know solo skiff around with without a motor and try to i still think i could catch uh, you know 98 100 again and it didn't work out but we're not giving up so that's this sport is people don't understand how fierce the comp- the competition is and how good the anglers are in the sport they still don't get it yet in the mainstream fishing world but um th- they're soon learning they're starting to learn that i'm sure that's that's the that's the thing that i think i lack is because a lot of that is is mental you know keep keeping your head in it like you said no matter what's going on you know like g handling the stress of like like people would think you're doing good so it's maybe somebody i feel like all the elite anglers like y'all would know that that's not true but People would think, well, he's doing good, so he's probably like at the house, calm and relaxed. No, like you're you're dialing in, you're staying dialed in. You know, you're thinking, okay, what's going to be there tomorrow? What do I have to do? Blah blah blah. It's just constant, constant pressure, and that's the thing I can't handle yet. Like, like I can go out and catch fish, I can usually put something together, but I have trouble sticking in that mental state you know, to finish it. That's why I haven't fished any two day tournaments yet. If I struggle with that now in a one day event, I don't feel like I deserve to one, put myself through that for two days, let alone three at the NC. I would have been one of those that G said, I'd have been down there just to participate, like just to show up and say that I had qualified and fished it. But, but that like, I think that's something that puts all of y'all at a different level. Guys that do this, you know, either for a living, like, like y'all or, or that are getting to that point is, I mean, it's just like when you see, like you were saying, like a bass boat guy that there's, when you finally see these guys on TV, most of them have reached a different level than you actually understand. They're not just good at fishing. They're good at all of it. You know, whether it's how they run their boat Mm -hmm. or their time management skills, it's, there's so much that gets you to that point. It's the same thing with y'all. Y'all aren't like as, not big as kayak fishing. I, 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 I do think kayak fishing has the potential to get huge, but to be where it is now, we already have people like y'all on that level of, you could probably just use the word professionalism. Like everything as a whole, like I said, the stress, the right. time management, being good, everything like mapping. All I, I don't feel like talking to all the people we get to talk to, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to an elite event nobody's lacking any of that. They've all got like on a 10 scale, you know, at least eight, you know, they're, they're an eight score out of 10 at everything, whether it be electronics, like Adam riser might be better than you drew on electronics, but you might be better in the shallows than he is, or, you know, you get what I'm saying? That's long drawn out. It's just, I don't know that people understand like what level you guys are actually on. Like, all I'll together. It, you know, I'll put it in perspective. Um, so Christine, uh, I was just talking to her and she, she just got done fishing the Bassmaster open on yep. Grand Lake. And, um, she was telling me that, you know, 
she's she's already she's fished in two opens already and she's you know she's fished she's gotten the opportunity to fish with the cream of the crop of anglers and she's yep. gotten the opportunity to fish with people that may not be the cream of the crop at least in the opens but um those people you know some of those people that she's fished with you know she's she's like you know i've fished with a lot of kayak anglers and there is a lot of kayak anglers that I would put up against those guys any right. And I got to watch them fish for an entire day. And I know of a lot of guys that could kick their butt on a regular oh, yeah. basis, you know, and, and that kind of, you know, to me, I haven't, I haven't fished in the Bassmasters Opens. I'm actually considering doing it as a co out of pure curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, just to see, just yeah. to give it a shot. You know, she's, she's done very well and she's, she's cast checks in every open as a co that she's fished. But I'd love to do that out of curiosity just to kind of see where she's coming from when she says that. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and cause I do believe, you know, as kayak anglers, we do have some of the best anglers in the country, not, yep. not just kayak anglers, anglers. Oh yeah. And, I agree. And I mean, and, and we've proven that, you know, you know, of course we've had, we've had some, from some pretty high profile anglers enter some of our events before. And, you know, in, in some cases, yeah, they kick our butts, but in other cases we, we go out and kick their butts, you know, and, uh, which is rewarding. <laughs> it, it is, it is no doubt about it. And, uh, and they, and I know any angler that any of those anglers that have fished in our events has gone on to say, no, these guys can fish. It's kind of nuts. Like I had, I had to really work my tail off and I still got my butt kicked by these guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. There's actually a couple of ways you can, you, we can also tell and compare what, you know, what we're doing to the bass butt world. And one of them is, you know, look at the tournaments this year that were held uh, on the same body of water as the bass butt world. But you know, the week before week after, I think like Champlain was a good example. So was Pickwick. When Bass was there, Pickwick was just one of the best because it flooded before the Bassmaster Elite Series tournament, you know, happened there. Mm-hmm. And then on the exact same day of the week on our tournament, the next week, next, yeah, next week was uh, a flood the exact same day. It rose, the levels were the same. And our weights, links, you know, converted to weights with the link to weight um, calculator were were identical if not more than what they were catching. And then you look at Champlain, it was, it was more. The top uh, – Travis Von Newman on the Hobie BOS and in my mind were a little bit more than what the guys, the guys who won were averaging on oh, what term was that? Was that a yeah Bassmaster event was up there? So it was. And there was maybe one other event that was on the same time, but anyway, you can compare that way. And then just to, to say what you're saying about Christine, cause I know she was with uh, Joey and I one time was one of the, the Z man guys with me, really good angler. And he, he won an open might've been, yeah, open. He he, he been. Yeah. The one that, yep. So he won that one, but uh, he's really good. But anyway, I've, you know, when I filmed Hooked on Wild Waters, uh, my show I did for like five seasons, I, I was fortunate to have some some guests on there that, you know, were on the bass boat side of the world that I've become friends with. And Brian Latimer and Chris Lane and Stetson Blaylock, guys that are just sticks, you know. Hammers. And uh, I go out there and I, I'm not even really thinking about, I'm just worried about there's so much else going on, hosting the show and everything else with the production. And then I'm then all of a sudden I realize like, oh man, like, I'm catching more fish than these guys are. And I, and, and I guess, you know, a little bit was they're not used to being in a kayak, you know what I mean? And, and I'm kind of in my territory, you know, wild places, but that told me just right there. I was like, man, I know for sure between this link to weight calculator and being able to compare these, the bass boat tournaments, you know, 
to what we do in a very close proximity within a week of when they have their events. Plus what you're saying about Christine, plus the fact that I've fished with these guys, 100%. Any of the top, I would say the top, we have about, we have about we're not as deep as the overall bass boat world. Like we don't, we don't go as deep. We have like 50 anglers that are 75, maybe 100, maybe at the max that are just like unreal could go and compete on any of those top bass boat tours. We don't have. I would say that, that they, you know, let's say kayak anglers of that level you're talking about. I think them stepping up into the boats, you would see a trend where they're going to do better than the opposite. Seeing a boater back, go backwards into a kayak just because it's a learning curve. Uh, I'm sure that they would, eventually like you know give them a few events or some time you'd see the boat guys i mean like iconelli is a great example you know he's fished a few of the events and you've watched him like do good do really good and then win like you know it's like he's starting to get the swing of being in the kayak i think and i've seen it with even people like craig die he's doing been doing i think he's doing the bass opens he's co uh, he's co-angling BFL. in something bfl, BFL yeah yeah Yep. And I mean, he's a, he's a great angler all around. And I, I think it'd be cool if there was some kind of mixer event, like, Oh yeah. 10 elites, 10 of our best off of the power rankings and yep. put them on Gunnersville or something. I'd love to see now what that, would happen. Now that would make good TV. That would, yes. That would, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo, would you, um, would it not frustrate the just daylights out of you uh, to be a co-angler and not have control of where you're going on the day and what to do when, when you know you could probably catch them better than the guy, you know, potentially better than whoever you get paired with. But then I just, that's why I can't imagine how Christine feels out there. Like we need to go here to this. Like, cause she knows what she's, she's doing big time. So would that not just frustrate? I couldn't do that. I could never do the co-angler thing. I could only jump into as a boater. I could never do the co. There's no doubt that it would frustrate me. But I, I think, you know, if you can go into it with the mindset that yeah. ev- I'm only fishing against co's. Everyone that I'm fishing against can't choose where they're going, has to make the best of what they got. Right. You know, and I think if you go into it with that mindset and you and, and consider this, I mean, I feel like kayak anglers would make the best codes because when we're put in situations where something's not necessarily working out, we're not always in a scenario where we can just dump everything and run mm-hmm. 20 miles down the lake. We got to make do with what we've got available to us within a close enough proximity. Right. And so therefore I, I I mean, I I see as a kayak angler, I see that being hugely advantageous to fishing as a co over somebody who's used to fishing in a boat and used to just being able to do whatever the heck they want and go wherever the heck they want. You know, so, I mean, I mean, if I, if I end up doing it, I don't know if I will. I mean, I, I, I want to do it on a curiosity. I want, and, and honestly, I mean, one of the things that she's mentioned has been a great opportunity to learn. It is. You know, she's gotten to fish with, and I know she got to fish with Nania, who is yep. one heck of an angler. And she also got to fish with Perosnik. Oh, wow. And one of the things that she said about that guy was that, it, it didn't matter where, I mean, it, it, you could pick some of the most complicated casting scenarios on planet earth. And that guy wasn't going to miss a beat. You know, wow. he was going to put it exactly 
where he wanted to put it. It wasn't going to take two tries. It was going to be right there, right then and there on the first try, right where he wanted to put it. So it was one of the most impressive things he's ever seen. He said, that's something I've honestly – there's not a kayak angler that I've seen that's been able to do it that well. Right. So there's certainly some guys up there that are at the absolute top of their game in what they do. And, you know, in that particular scenario, he was 100% fishing his strengths. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I feel like we have in the kayak world is – a plethora of anglers that are so versatile because we have to be, you know, we yeah. have to be versatile. We afford to not be, but otherwise we're going to be put in a lot of uncomfortable scenarios and that's not fun. Yeah, for sure. yeah, not at all. I, I've said forever that I thought kayak anglers would like, is the, is the longer this goes on, you're going to see that a kayak angler is, like better equipped overall because of what you just said we're limited on area we're you know a, a lot of the time like what i was going to say is you talk about being on the back boat you know co you're getting the scraps there's a lot of the times like if the weather's bad that's what you're getting anyway you're getting just whatever's left because it's what's available to you and i i, I don't have a problem seeing more kayak anglers do both i think it'll be especially if we start seeing some of our guys winning or doing better than the, the boater. Cause I, I've, I think Craig, I follow so many people that have been doing it. I think it was Craig like outfished his boater one day or something like that. And he was talking about it in one of his posts. I mean, not bragging or anything, but talking about the guy was just like, Oh, well, what are you doing? Like <laughs> help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. no, it, it's cool. It, 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 everything's like, I don't know. It's, it's growing there. The interest is everywhere. Like they know we're here. I think that they probably appreciate us staying out of the boats for the most part. Uh, Cause there's a lot of anglers. I think that, I mean, y'all too, Russ. I, I mean, I've heard from people from California that are very glad Russ is in a kayak. They're like, oh, we yeah. really appreciate him not running the, the boat world <laughs> around here anymore. Um, yeah. Just a, here's a little one. Uh, I don't know if you've talked about or if you've even seen it. I'm sure by now it's made the news, but I know uh boy Duckett was talking in an yeah. interview and it mentioned about MLF getting into kayaks possibly. And the yeah. only like no detail, but only weight in that game is most of the time. If he says that within a year, he invests money in it. So yeah. who knows? I mean, would that be obviously everybody give it a try. Do you think that'd be a good thing or just too much saturation too too much of, too many good things. Uh, I don't know. Gee, what do you think, man? Do you want to go first in this one? or uh, You know, it's it's a really tough call. Um, yeah. I think anytime you bring a new organization into, into the tournament scene, especially a new organization that wants to put together a top-of-the-line event, um, it encourages other organizations to improve. You know, and that's never a bad thing. Um, however, I also think if the, if, if, if it gets oversaturated, um, I don't think there will be, and I saw this happen in Texas. Um, I don't think there will be any one organization that will carry enough weight to actually take it to the level where it can be an elite deal. Um, so just to give you an example, uh, about six years ago, uh, the cats tournament trail in Texas, at about 180 people per tournament. Six years ago, that was pretty unheard of anywhere in the kayak in the kayak tournament community. 
but Texas was doing it. We, we had, we had, I mean, an insane amount of anglers per event. Um, but over time, uh, more and more and more and more trails popped up. And, and, and now, I mean, we've got more trails than we know what to do with it's, it's absurd. And there's, as a result, there's, there's really not one trail that's really gaining any traction. And there's a couple that are certainly higher end of, 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 Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com you know, of the scope, but, but there's not one trail anymore that really has the traction that really has the attention of the whole state. And, you know, whereas before, you know, winning angler of the year and cats was a big deal. Um, and it's not saying it's not anymore. It certainly still is, but, um, but like it doesn't have the attention of the entire mm-hmm. state like it used to. Right. Um, the entire state used to find out and follow that. And in the entire state doesn't follow that anymore. You know, the entire yeah. state has been split up in so many sectors. And I, and I see that happening potentially in the national scene. And, and the more that happens, I, I think the more it takes away potentially, at least, I mean, I hope not, I don't really, you know, the state of our sport is so young, so it's hard to really know what's going to happen with it. But, uh, but it, I think it does take away from, from the guys that are trying to really make a living at it. Yeah, you it's know, diluted. yeah, diluted. You, have, you, you get put in a situation where you have to pick and choose, you, you know, and yeah. you have to, you have to pick one and, and you don't know which, which, uh, which trail is going to be the best for your brand. You right. really don't. Cause you don't know, you don't know what trail is going to take off the best and you kind of have to guess. And, and, you know, every trail that we fish has, has kind of its pros and its cons and, and it's things that it does better and, 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 and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, I do fear that if, if the tournament scene, the national tournament scene, especially the elite national tournament scene gets oversaturated, that's going to take, that's going to, that's going to harm the, the angler who's trying to make a living more mm. than it's going to, uh, more than it's going to benefit them. Yeah. I, I would say the only way that that wouldn't be true is if like, I agree with the oversaturation 100%. The only way that wouldn't affect everybody is if one was just doing everything right which you know is not going to happen at least not quickly right so so like if mlf comes in with the reputation they have and a big plan and a lot of money i mean that really doesn't really mean anything i mean i mean let's let's look at what's going on in the bass boat world i think exactly is an incredible example i mean it is the elite let's face it FLW and the Elite Series were the deal. Yeah. We all watched it. We all followed it, you know. And now we have we add the MLF. And we add, you know, FLW has changed. You know, MLF has bought them. And, and not saying that that's necessarily been harmful, but I don't really know what's going on anymore like I used to in the right. pro world. It, the MPFL is around now. There's a fourth if you want to call it fourth. Wow. So I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I, it's, 
it's harder to follow. It's harder yeah. to be a fan of the sport, in my opinion. Now, that's not to say that I'm not, you know, I'm not still a fan of the sport and I don't still follow everything the best I can. But like it, it, it is a little harder than it used to be for me. Yeah, you know? it's tough. And I don't see why that wouldn't be the case in kayak fishing if, yep. if too many trails took over. Yeah. You know, the big thing that I noticed from from when MLF stepped in, more so when they took over MLF, was like it kind of took the shine away from the elites. Like, like as a kid growing up, like you said, elites, FLW, but elites is like the real deal. Like that most of the guys you would kick your name, spit a name out, that's what they were. And then you saw that elite trail like go to not taking away from the guys that were still there. They're all great, but you saw so many big names just dip and hit MLF. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like what the elites always has been just lost that glory and then not taken away from MLF. I, I actually love the format, especially like the first year. I agree. It was a, just a dink dink show, man. Just catch 501 pounders if you can. But like now the way it's going, you see so many guys catching so many good fish on camera and, you know, obviously, as kayak anglers, we love the process they have for the fish. You know, get it in, get it out, take care of it or get penalized. No way in. You know, I, like you said, everything's got a pro and a con. We, we do love that. But I think by attacking it how they did, just like we're talking about, we've made it back around. It, it hurt everything overall because I don't watch anymore because, like you said, it's hard to keep up with. There's like like Drew said, there's another one, the MPFL. Like I'm trying to keep up with the opens, the elites, MLF. MLF has got so many break broken down divisions now. Like you yep. catch it on TV and there's this, the Bass Pro series and the Toyota series. And the, there's just a lot. And it's just like, tackle, for tackle me, I'm like, out. okay. Yeah. yeah. I just, I'm like, all right, I, I'll just catch it's the huge. results somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's basically what and, and Guillermo, you brought up the best example. It's you know the bass boat world and what this could be in the kayak world. I, I will say this: it, it dilutes it, so you don't have the best anglers actually. You know, you don't have the elite series guys competing with the major league fishing guys and the top MPFL guys or whatever series you want to say. They're not together at one time, so it kind of is like, did they? I mean, are they really competing against the best of the best? Because some of them are in this series, some of them are in that series, some of them are, of them are in that series. And if that happens to kayak fishing. Not nothing, you know. Not taking anything anything away from even Iconelli and his win, but we're already split between three major trails, and hardly I don't know of any of the top, you know, the top power rankings on anyone's list. The top guys were at the Bass Master event, you know, Bass Kayak event on the Chesapeake. And again, nothing taken away from Ike because he went and caught his fish, and he still may have won even if the top guys were there. We don't know that, so he did his thing. He can't control who else enters, right? right. But it, but it does a little bit for those in the know who are following it. They kind of look at it and say, yeah, I mean, he won, but, you know, where was Guillermo? Where was Jody? Where was Russ? Where was Christine? Where was Cody? Like, it kind of like ha- it takes the luster off of some of the stuff, you know, and that's what we're trying to prevent. So, I mean, if they do it, cool, but if they do it, they better come in with live stream and, you know, maybe an elite series of guys or something different. I don't know. Like, do something just different because otherwise, like you said, it's going to be Texas all over again or the bass boat world all over again. The last thing I'll say about this, the best example we can follow, and I hate monopolies, but in sports, they're good. The NFL being the the, bet, the top of the league where the football players end up all together in one league is the best thing for it. Baseball is the same it's way. Cer- it's certainly good for the players. For the, Yeah, no doubt. 
No doubt. Know, and, I, and I think that it would be good for the anglers. Yep. Um, but, you know, the reality is yep. we, we right now, as it stands, we have three pretty amazing trails. And I, and I think we're honestly with those three trails, I, I think we're in a good place in the sport. Yep, we are. Um, I, I do fear. I mean, it's it, it's unavoidable as our sport continues to grow and more and more people start to notice there's going to be more things that pop up and more sanctions that, that try to get up there and become a part of the, the, the bigger or, or the, what do you call it? Become, become more elite in, in what they're trying to do. But I mean, we already I, see that I, I now fear that that's gonna, it's just going to make the, yeah. the life of, of, of people that are trying to make a living out of it a little harder. Cause you got to make tough decisions and you got to hope it works out. Yep. And I know for, you know, and I know for some people, uh, you know, moving to MLF worked out great for them, you know, and I know for others, you know, just, just because everybody fishes differently and everybody has this different strengths for others, it didn't work out as well, you know? No clue what happened. Sorry oh. about that. <laughs> but it's a gamble and, and nobody wants to make that gamble. Now, all I hope is whatever does happen, um, you know, with new trails coming in, I hope they find their own little niche in the trail scene and, you know, it, it all shakes out the way it's supposed to. And we can still have our opportunities to, yeah, to, to grow and, 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 and find our place in the sport. You know, the sport is growing so fast. And I, I didn't, you know, for a while, I didn't think it would keep growing the way it is, but it is still growing. Like It crazy. is. It's insane. I, and I do agree with you what you're saying. And we have three good trails and right now we can all fish. We can fish all the top anglers can actually it within their schedule, fish all three and be in the running for AOIs and, and both or all three. If, if bass does one next year and that's that I fear will be not possible with a fourth major one, if that happens. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes down, but no doubt about it. Golf is the best example. The PGA tour, there's no debate on planet earth. If you are on that tour, you are competing against the best of the best. The league gets the best TV deals because all the top golfers are there. The anglers, I mean, well, the golfers all know they're competing against the best golfers. All the best, all the money is there in one place, the eyeballs. It's not like, you know, spread out, which is what we're, which is the issue with, with what happened. So it'd be great if there, if there was one major, you know, major league baseball or NFL, if that ended up happening, but it just doesn't seem like it's possible right now. And, you know, in, in the fishing world, in the boat side and then in the kayak side. And that's okay. And honestly, like I said, our sports, in a, I think it's in a good place. I think yeah. the three, three trails that we, or the, the big three, at least, that we have are all have their own niche and it works. Yep. You know, and Definitely. like you mentioned already, we're, as anglers, it, it hasn't become so saturated to where we can actually dip our toes in all three and, and, and be competitive. You know, yeah. Um, and my, like I said, am I a little concerned about, you know, a bunch more people coming in and, and trying to and trying to be the big dog in, in, in the scene? I'm a little bit, but like I said, I hope that if they do, they find their own niche way to do it, and it can just be mm -hmm. another, you know, another another sanction of our sport that makes it great. Yeah, right. Exactly. And and before we get off this uh, topic, you know, I, again, my my biggest hope for it all is like that. Like you said, it's in a great spot now. I think considering how relatively young this still is to be where it is mm -hmm. and working is great. You know, it, 
just hope nothing screws that up. But we'll we'll get off that because we can all go on about this all night, and we usually do. But uh, I want to get back into the NC, man. Uh, I'll let you. You know, we've we've been on for a while now. I don't want to keep you too long, but just you know, uh, I won't say you know day one, day two, day three. Just give us a rundown of how the whole event went, however you want to. Sure. Um, well, I mean, in practice, I had done research two years ago that you know that going into nc two years ago that helped a lot this year you know i hadn't i knew i didn't have to research it i knew that the lake was going to be drawn down lake bistano mm -hmm. was going to be drawn down going into the event and and i and i thought to myself man i i don't really know you know in, in some cases that could put the fish in a real funk and make them really hard to catch but i didn't really know what it was going to do but i knew that i was curious about it and i had to go find out and so that was the very first lake that I hit in this. And, uh, man, I had one heck of a day that, that <laughs> very first day. And so I, at that point, I knew that at the very least I was going to spend the, the majority of my time practicing out there. Um, I was certainly going to try to have a backup plan, but then, you know, I, you know, I would go to different parts of the lake and realize that the bite was really not that different anywhere. It was good just about everywhere. And the fish were setting up in a really similar way just about everywhere. So from then on, I, I honestly didn't end up practicing anywhere else. And uh, I decided uh, there was, you know, there was one ramp that I, that I practiced at that the launch was just no fun. And I thought to myself, man, I, I know kayak anglers. There's going to be other anglers at this ramp you know, come tournament day, but realistically there probably won't be that many, you mm -hmm. know, and maybe that's something that I can hang my hat on, you know, um, you know, it, it, it was, it was a ramp just like any other, you know, just like any other public access ramp on any other lake. It was just the lake was drawn down an additional two feet than the normal drawdown. So it was just low enough. I mean, if it had been six inches higher, What's crazy, those six inches would have made the difference between being able to launch from the ramp and having to drag however long it was. I've heard people, you know, say that it was a mile, and it certainly was not a mile. <laughs> fish, a fish story is getting longer. <laughs> yeah, but but it, it was it was a long enough ways that it kicked my butt every single time I did it. Um, and uh, but anyways, nonetheless, I figured, well, maybe you know, maybe that will put me, and I knew that already put me in an area of the lake that I liked the best. You could actually reach a lot of the water that I fished from other ramps. You just wouldn't be there first thing in the morning. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you'd get there maybe, maybe 15 or 20 minutes after first cast, um, which honestly on either day, I hardly had anything in the boat at that time anyways. Um, but, uh, the first day of the tournament was, was just nuts. Um, early on, I didn't catch too many big fish. I changed, I, I made it a, a small adjustment. The wind was blowing. If I remember correctly, the wind was blowing pretty hard on the first day from the, all the way from the morning. I mean, from mm -hmm. early in the morning. So I automatically had it in my head that I had to be throwing a spinner bait and I got, I was getting, I was getting bit left and right. Um, I was using first thing that morning, I was using a copper bladed spinner bait which is one of kind of my favorite, uh, which is one of my favorite blade cover colors in that kind of tannic water. 
Um, I've just always really liked copper. I, I don't know why, but it, it's worked well for me. We have a lot of lakes here, especially in East Texas, that have that black tannic water. Um, but about halfway through the day, I switched to white painted, which is my other favorite black tannic water combination. And it was nuts. I mean, it seemed like every fish that I was catching was suddenly two inches longer than what I caught wow. all morning. And, and I don't, you know, it's, it's hard to tell is if I would have put that old spinnerbait around all those same trees, if it would have been the same, but man, in my head, it was not the same. And that was the spinnerbait that it's I needed. All... <laughs> <laughs> and, it's all the matter. Uh, That's right. Confidence. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, I started putting a lot of really good fish in the boat and a lot of it had to do with, and I'm sure anyone following the leaderboard noticed, I mean, I wasn't really catching big ones till later in the day. I just wasn't, and it might have been just uh, a quality of of the area that I was fishing, or 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 whatever was going on out there on the lake. But it, it was crazy. I had to kind of fish with confidence that no matter how my morning went, I, I I had to rely on those afternoon fish. That those afternoon fish would come if I just kept my head down and kept grinding, and they did every single day. Um, and I was able to work my way to a hundred all three days with those afternoon fish. Those afternoon fish did it for me every day. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. I mean, and just, uh, just to get back to a comment that you made about, you know, how the bite was, how you were having it just about on any part of the eligible water. I mean, a testament to that is uh, all the way down to 25th place on day one, day three. I don't know why day two is not going down that far, but they had at least 90 inches and you had, you know, five to seven each day hitting a hundred. I mean, now there was a lot of eligible water, but I mean, let's be real. It's still, Oh yeah. That's an exceptional, that's exceptional fishery period for that. You know, especially with the drawn down, like you said, like my experience with fishing a lot of heavy drawdown is that funk. I hardly ever find where it's, you know, just on fire. They're usually in that funky, you know, mindset. Part of it is those fish are used to the lake getting drawn down. They right. It. it happens every single year. So yeah. maybe, you know, it's just like, for example, like on Kentucky Lake versus like they pull current on Lake Fork seldomly. But when they do, those fish hate it. They hate it so much. But <laughs> fish on wow. Kentucky Lake are used to it and they love it because they're 
to it and they know it's coming. And I guess, you know, on, 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 in an example like this, you know, those fish, they do it every single year, never fails to do it the same time of the year. So those fish already know it's coming. They're used to it and yep. it's no different to them than any other lake. Whereas in a lot of lakes, they get low, the fish aren't used to it and it just downright puts them in a funk. But I knew I had to find out what the heck it was going to do to those fish. Yeah, dude. I, I'm exactly like you, Guillermo. I, uh, I, I got a house with a bunch of guys. We were on, on Caddo and I'm talking like the very Western side in Texas, right where the, the bayou comes in. So I'm a long way away from Bissonneau, but you know, I was just like you. I said, I've got to go check it out because I, I'm, I'm just too curious to know what would it be like during the drawdown? Because in 2019, uh, when I got second at this championship, when it was held there, I was on Caddo. Bissano was not drawn down, but I did catch an eight pounder over there without a drawdown on one day of pre-fishing. Only caught three fish, but that was just, you know, a few hours. But it ended up on Caddo and it worked out. But I was like, dude, but what about if Bissano is drawn down? What's it going to do? And I ran into you and Christine on the first day I went over there to check it out. And I was up in the, the more like the northern end of the lake in, in the river or whatever. And you guys must have been exploring other ramps and other parts of the lake that, that day because you'd already figured out some stuff down the lake. So I only had a couple days, uh, two days over there on Bissano. And I did drive by and I saw the ramp that you put in at. Uh, the one I'm pretty sure is the, the one that you put in at. And I did see that, you know, it was going to be a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I'd done well on the the northern end of the lake, you know, the where the river comes in, the bayou. So I said, well, eh. yeah, the, the same thought crossed my mind. I said, I don't think a lot of people are going to be launching from this area. So I'm sure it's not going to get as much pressure. And I didn't know how much bass boat pressure that the, the entire lake was getting either. Thinking, well, it still may get pressure from bass boats during the drawdown but anyway i was very curious about that and it was really cool seeing you guys up there and the first day of the tournament when you and christine and whoever else wasn't at my ramp i was like hmm what do they know where are they <laughs> where are they today where's where's where are all those guys and i know we're probably on some fish according to you know some people talking and whatever and it turns out you know you you, you had a little bit more time and you guys did find that i think the bigger fish were definitely where you guys were i was lucky to catch you know it's what you guys were christine was telling me she was surprised I got 98 inches out of where I got on, on day one. So uh, I can't complain with, but anyway, you guys definitely had found where the winning fish were, man. And it was just exciting to see you and Cody and so many others, Russ and, you know, everyone just catching fish, smashing them and having a good time. And you're just such a good representative of the sport. So I was happy to see you up there and, and taking this title for sure, man. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. That, I was, I mean, definitely Drew, I was rooting for you, but after talking with, with you, G, uh, after Pickwick, when I saw your name up there on day one, I was like, you know, he's he's my pick for, you know, somebody that's probably got this dialed in, and I hope I hope you both do well. I think it'd be cool, G, if you walked right out of the NC and then went and kicked it at the the TOC too, just to shut the door, you know, bolt yeah. the lock down and just, all right, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Just, I'm done. <laughs> I did it. I, yeah, I'm no out. <laughs> That'd be unreal, man. If you could pull that off, that'd be unreal. Man, you, you came off a win at Pickwick, right? You know, I have I have the opportunity to do it, and you bet that I'm not gonna let that opportunity. I'm not gonna take that opportunity lightly. You know that that was my next question for you. Is or, you know, yeah, like we've already talked about the stress, and you know, you said you still don't know if you've caught back up. But have you already flipped your focus to that next that next? you know, item, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, while I'm looking forward to it, I can't say that my focus has quite been flipped yet. Um, only because 
Um, you know, I've got so much I got to take care of just from a non-fishing perspective. Right. Here, here before we can, you know, before we can start thinking about that with work and, and whatever it may be. But, um, but you bet. I mean, I, I'm one thing that I'm certainly preparing myself for is for it to be a beating. I'm, I'm, I'm mentally preparing for that. I know, you know, one of the things that I had to tell myself from the very first day when I like, you know, when I was getting into the nineties on day one at the NC was this isn't, this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon, you know, pace yourself, you know, you fish hard, fish hard, leave a little on the table every day, you know, but don't quit fishing hard, but just make sure that you're, you're staying sharp and that, and that you're, you're saving a little bit of energy every day because you're going to need it by the time that last day rolls around, you know, and, um, in the TOC is going to be no different. Um, and in fact, the TOC, because like I said, the, the TO, you're, you're, you, you're, the motors are out of the question. So it's, it's all human power. And that's, that's really going to be a, a marathon. And my hats off is going to go to whoever wins that tournament. Cause it's, it's honestly, you know, regardless of how the lake fishes or what happens, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be one of the. It's really this this particular TOC is going to be extra special for that reason. It's the first that I can think of. It's really the first event of its kind that's three days long that is so exclusive. No motors. I mean, it's it, it really it really represents in, in so many ways uh, what what the, what our sport is about. And I'm for that reason, I'm I'm really excited, but I'm mentally I'm mentally preparing myself for, for it to be very challenging because um, it will be. It'll be very challenging um, and it'll be very taxing. So yeah. that's really what I'm preparing myself for more than anything. It's just understanding and, and, and knowing that it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a total marathon. Um, and by the time it's all over. Yeah, uh, it's you're going to be tired. G. <laughs> oh, yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, Go ahead and um, cancel your plans for the week after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I'll tell you um, what, I'm not canceling my plans for the week after because it'll be duck season when I get back. Oh. There you go. That's a big no, it's, it's a perfect time for switching gears to that, though. I would feel like no matter what happens, no matter how you do, after you know the year you've had, I mean, Drew, I mean, yeah. I know that you've got some stressful stuff going on right now, but yeah. and you got the kid coming. That might be a good break. As much stress as a oh, newborn yeah. baby is, after a big tournament year, this is like a great different focus, you know, to relax. Kind of, well, as much as you can. Same thing with you, G. I mean, I'm a hunter too. You know, I kind of burn out on fishing early this year and just immediately started looking forward to deer season just so I could like, you know, recharge on the fishing thing. And after the TOC, I think duck hunting is going to be a perfectly timed for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, I, every year, you know, I fit, I fish so hard every year that I, I can't wait to duck hunt. And by the time duck season's over, I can't wait to fish. Exactly, dude. That's it, funny. It really, it really does reset me. I mean, I don't, I may touch my rods once during duck season. And not not because I don't love to fish. I absolutely love to fish, but just because I, I kind of need to reset. It, it's good for me. Yeah, you know. when you do it that hard, when you go so hard at it, like kind of full time, like we do, Guillermo, you need like fishing is really not. It, it's you love it, and we're passionate about it, but it's not the hobby anymore. You know what I mean? It's not as 
is quote relaxing as everyone thinks it is when we're you know going on these trips it's not like it used to be so it's kind of funny because you see this common theme with so many pros on the elite series or mlf pros uh matt airy you know good friend of mine elite series angler was second place in the classic he he fishes but i'm telling you right now his his passion and hobby is hunting that's what he he fishes to hunt you know the, the passion that's <laughs> like his job it's become his job now and he loves it but when it when you're doing it that such high level it it just takes so much like time and dedication. It, it just, it's not what it was when you're just going on the weekend with your buddies when you're growing up. It's just not, it's not the same thing, but it's still obviously better than, you know, being in a cubicle, working at some job somewhere in a bank or whatever, obviously. But anyway, it's funny. You see that a lot. There's always a set, like I, I don't get to do it much anymore. I'm kind of busy with the family, but I like to play golf, you know, when I'm not fishing, you know, just ignore the, the rods, go hit some golf balls and just be out. Isn't it funny it. how all of us, we we have fishing and we have another hobby, but they're always expensive. Like <laughs> like duck hunting is not cheap. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. I dabbled cheap. in duck hunting this much, and I don't want to think about the money I've blown in that already. Oh yeah. So like G's cash and checks right now. That money's already in the blind somewhere. You know he's already got these hunts set up. And like all right, I got to win another one. <laughs> Dude, well, when a, I saw I saw got some a new shotgun. I need. Didn't I see? I saw decoys where where we were um, on Bissano. I saw some decoys when I ran into the G and Christine. I was like, "Dude, you got to get Sanderson over there. You guys need to get in, <laughs> hunt some ducks up over here." I, are you going with uh, Joseph at all? Do you still go duck hunting with him some? Or? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, him and I don't hunt as much as we used to together, uh, just because he he he. Him and I don't live in the same city anymore, but we still we still got together for several hunts a year. Yeah, nice, nice man. Hey, speaking of other Texas guys, I, I'll you know, shout out, shout out to Matt Scotch, who was third, by the way. I don't think we've mentioned him yet on the podcast, but I like to make sure we mention uh, Scotch as well. Wasn't he third in the NC? I think he was. He third. was. Yeah. He was, Milton was second. Scotch was third. So shout out to him as well. I know you guys are close um, too. So, but um, anyway, um, hey, before we let you go, I know we'll probably be wrapping up here soon. I want to tell uh, a, a funny story, not a funny story, but a story about Guillermo. I think is uh, one reason why he's, you know, you've become such a great ambassador for the sport. And, you know, just, just one of the reasons I was most excited to see you win. It wasn't because, you know, we, we become friends throughout this process in the last several years, you know, seeing each other at tournaments and, and whatnot, just whatever, five, who, I don't know how long we've really known each other, but it's not because of that, that I was excited. It wasn't just because I know you're a friend and I'm pulling for all my friends. The, the main reason I was so excited to see Guillermo win was the fact that when I got off the stage at the Bassmaster Classic and I finished fourth in the Bass Nation Kayak Championship, there's a small group of kayak anglers that came in to cheer the anglers on, you know, the, the top 10 at the awards. Christine and Russ and Guillermo, you guys were all sitting together. Uh, Lambert was there. I think a lot, a lot of you guys were all sitting together in a little group. And when Mark Pendergraft won that and lifted up that trophy, I've never seen somebody so excited in my entire life that, that wasn't a family member for Mark. And Guillermo's over there with his hat off. I'll never forget this. Dude, I looked over and I was like, who's going crazy over there? And it's Guillermo. And he's jumping. His hat's going in the air. And he's just like, yes, yes. Dude, that <laughs> right there, I was like, that is the kind of person that we need in this sport that's, that has the compassion, the heart to be genuinely happy for others who they're competing against that was cool and that showed me all I needed to know about about Guillermo right there and so that's why I was so excited that that you took home this title man because I know that that's kind of in your heart you're not 
you're not coming into this because we can't play defense in our sport anyway. So it's like, why be so bitter towards somebody? You know, you, you, we should be happy for each other. And because uh, all we can do is compete against the fish. Right. So that was a cool moment, uh, a cool Guillermo story for you there. And I do appreciate what you said on stage about the grace. Uh, you've been praying for grace to, you know, whether you win, you lose, just do it in a way that, that God gives you you know, the, the, the proper grace to accept it and grace if you win. And, and that's honestly what became sort of what I needed to hear in my, my prayer, because man, I was, my ego and everything was up here. I was leading the AOI and only an act of God, which is what happened with my motor kind of blowing up at, at the wrong time of the year for me, prevented me from potentially taking, you know, taking some stuff that, that it would have meant, you know, a lot to me, obviously. And I needed that to hear that as well, that prayer that, you know, Hey, you know what? these things just happen and, and you just got to have this sort of, I don't know, the, the grace to just accept it and understand it and be happy for others that, you know, they can't control what happened to me. So I'm very happy for you guys that did win because you did what you had to do, man. And, and I appreciate your, uh, your mantra out there, what you stand for in this sport. So thanks again. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, man, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on and, and, and it was cool. This was a little bit different interview for the NC than I even had expected. Uh, yeah. Getting to talk to you more about some of the real stuff other than just how you did at the event. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Uh, hope everybody else does too. But uh, I was going to give you a chance, you know, thank anybody that uh, makes fishing easier for you. And uh, we will let you hopefully get some rest. Well, I mean, shoot, I, I can't think – I've gotten the opportunity to thank everybody. I don't know how many times and, and I still have trouble with it, you know, to some degree. Cause, cause it's, it's, uh, it's, there's so many people that I have to thank. And I, and I get in my head, I'm like, man, if I don't remember everybody, uh, I'm not right. going to feel good when it's all over. <laughs> it's not cause I don't, it's, it's cause I want to make sure everybody gets their proper recognition. You know, I want to so bad cause everybody's so helpful. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. But, uh, of course, you know, I thank all of my sponsors, uh, Diablo Paddle Sports, Warner Paddles, St. Croix Rods, Fins Fishing, Excite Baits, um, among so many others, uh, Yak Attack, um, among so many others that are so helpful throughout the year. And with ever, anything that I need to, to make this lifestyle work. And so I'm so thankful for them and I'm thankful for, for all of my friends and family and honestly, and complete strangers that have shown me so much love and support throughout this whole, uh, throughout the, the, this entire process, even, even, you know, before I even, before, you know, winning, um, I, messages and texts from, from people that I've never met in my life saying, Hey, I, I don't know you, but I'm pulling for you, man. Go get it done. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that meant a lot to me, you know, uh, that, that meant a great deal. So thank you to everybody that, that offered me so much support. So, and of course, thank y'all for having me on the show. And, and, and I look forward to hopefully getting to hang out with y'all where we're not on the show and, 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 and yeah, get man. to uh, enjoy a beverage of choice. 
for sure. I, I hope to catch up <laughs> with awesome. y'all all next year at some point. You know, I I miss all the the hanging out. I got to hang out with uh, Pendergraph and a couple of guys at Pickwick, and uh, I actually ran into you on the water in Texas. I don't even know if you'd remember that. Uh, yeah, I think it was the last day of pre fishing. Me and a couple of Tennessee guys ran into you at the ramp like late in the day and we talked a little bit and then I, you know, just, I, that's the, the fun part for me is the, you know, the, the hoo-ha and drinking when we can and telling lies and trying to throw each other off our game. And (laughs) (laughs) dude, that is the fun stuff. Remember we ran into each other at, uh, on the Flint river at the very first, uh, Hobie as well. Guillermo, we hung out the ramp for a long time while Christine written, you guys ran a shuttle. That really is, that really is the stuff that I, like I remember sometimes more than anything, it's just that, that fellowship. So definitely need to get back to some of that. I'm so glad COVID's kind of finally kind of dissipating enough where we can do that kind of stuff. And it's been a, been a fun year, man, but uh, yeah, good luck at the TOC. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully I can make that. I got this little, little girl making things uh, interesting, but more on that later, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, man, it's been a I'll good definitely, one. I'm, I'll definitely be praying for for your whole family, man. That, I can imagine that that's stressful. I can't even imagine what that must be like for, for, for you and your lovely wife, but I'll definitely be praying for y'all. And uh, I have, I have complete faith that whatever his will be, it will be done. Exactly. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. And and I agree with Jimmy. This was a cool, different style podcast. If you want to go check out the full recap of how, you know, more detail of Guillermo's uh, big win, I'm sure you can go get that on KBN or or, uh, other podcasts that, Guillermo's done so go check it out there but I, I really enjoyed this different style too man thanks for hanging with us Jimmy any other things you, you need to close with here no that's it man uh we'll let you go G and then uh I got a few other tournaments to to do a little recap on real quick and uh that's about it but man again I appreciate you coming and talking with us again it's always fun thank you so much guys sure. we'll talk again soon all right thanks G all right see you, buddy. See you. all right always a good show with G God gummit. <laughs> I figured out what it is. My mouse is dying. And oh. it's like, as it's dying, it's clicking across on stuff. And it's, it, I'm trying to like keep it off the screen. But, uh, Dude, bad, but anyway. Bad, bad time for that. It's kind of like when your motor blows up. But, all right, all right, <laughs> last time I mentioned that. All right. But anyway, no, that was a good time with, with Guillermo. One of the best for sure, man. Always. Oh, yeah. Love Always fun mouse, talking too. to him. And, you know. Again, good good luck to you guys at the TOC. And yep. but uh, we had some a uh, few other tournaments that went down. Uh, we wanted to hit on real quick. The uh, first up, Jackson Orr's fourth annual catch and release charity event. Uh, it was it's a nationwide event they do every year. Uh, it's three days, best five fish. Uh, this year he had 101 anglers. First place was Doug Wilson, uh, 106 and three quarters with a 24 and a half inch kicker. Second place, Sherman Bishop with 105 and three quarters with a 23-inch kicker. And third place, Jason Starley with 104 with a 23 and a quarter. So big fish happening everywhere. Uh, Going on from there, we had the 2021 All-American Kayak Classic on Truman Lake. Two-day tournament, 171 anglers. It's a big one. Five fish limit. There were a 1,000, I think, is either 1,004 or 1,040 fish caught. I feel sorry for whoever was scoring that event. Yeah. But uh, first place, Brian Hillman, 170 and a half. Second place, Troy Caldwell, 166 and a quarter. Third place, Scott Stolman with 161 and a half. It's 1,070. 
I Do was you have wrong. To qualify? Do you have to qualify for that event? I actually don't know anything about that event, that's which is kind of strange. It's starting to become, uh, you know, up there. Like, you know what I mean? In, in terms of, it's not one of the majors, obviously, like the TOC or the, the NC, or, you know, or the Bass, but it's starting to become a, one of the, the next quasi, like the next events down, if you want to say that. Yeah. Majors, if you will. But I there's always a, like our. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's a couple, like you're saying, that all have, you know, like stick out. That one, the, um, golly, there's, I think it's in Texas, but there, there is a few. Um, Queen City usually has, you know, a, I think just their trail series events are huge. You know, they have tons of, tons of turnout and a lot of good anglers, and there's usually yeah. good numbers. Um, no, they do. They do. But I don't know if they have any, like, like a, I think this All American is more of a. It's like a regional. I think Scott Stolman's from Minnesota, for example, and this is on Truman Lake. Where? Where was it? Uh, Clint, Missouri. 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 Okay, so I'm pretty sure this is like a regional. I don't know if anyone's coming from like New Jersey to fish it, but I'm saying like within the surrounding like 15 right. states, 10 states, there's people. Co- it, it's it feels like the next one that's kind of. I mean, look at 170 something anglers. What, how much does this guy win? I mean, what's the entry fee? 100 bucks? 200. I think it is 100 bucks. I wish I had found that. You I need won a to. Lot. What we may do is I may reach out to those guys and see if we can catch them yeah. for next week because I'd like we could talk about that. Yeah, a lot of good anglers are in it too. It's 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 a good one. So anyway, but I would like to see our sport with no matter you know I don't think obviously we're having an elite series anytime soon where certain anglers are stuck in that. You know I think we're all going to fish the different ones, but either way, even if one day we are <laughs> stuck with a certain trail because we've made a a contract with them to fish their events, I still want to see our sport have like three or four majors where let's say some elite anglers are in this group. Again, we'll, we'll use the bass world, FLW bass or MLF. You got top anglers, all of them. I wish there'd be majors kind of the way golf does PJ tour doesn't run. They only run one of the majors. I've mentioned this before U S opens done by the USGA, the U the British opener the you know, is done by the, the group that's in Europe. And then you got the masters, which is run by Augusta national. I'm telling you, if we have four majors that are, that are run kind of separately. We can always at least have the elite of the elite competing in like four massive events every year, no matter if they're stuck and committed to these other trails for the regular season stuff. That's, that's where we need to get. Anyway, I could, I know I, 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 I agree fully. Never. That's something I wanted to touch on when we were talking with G about it, but you know, that conversation went plenty of good direction. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but next up on the list, the uh, yeah, Texas kayak championship, classic uh, Welsh reservoir, Two-day tournament, 25 anglers. Uh, first place, Caleb Hellbig with 192. Second place, Brian Howell with 187 and three-quarter. Third place, Tyler Howell with 187 and a half. So, uh, you know, two pretty good days for yeah. all those guys. Okay. Um, I wonder if you had to, to qualify for that one. Only 25 I, I'm anglers. pretty sure you did because of the 25 angler thing. Because like G was saying, there's like there's like 30 or 40 clubs, I think, in, in Texas that yeah, I, was I, say, I swear. <laughs> like hopefully that All-American didn't take that many people away where it, only 25 showed up for a big championship. Right. right. Uh, just a couple more. Uh, the Car- yeah, the, There was an event in the Carolinas with Carolina kayak anglers. It was like four trails. Uh, they called it the Battle at the Border uh, at Kerr Lake. It was 53 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Jason Hensley, 79 and a half. Second place, Bruce Deal was 77. Third place, uh, Michael Marlboro was 74 and a half. So that was a grinder. Yeah, it was a little lower than I, I would think. 
Right. I thought I read earlier that it was a four fish and it was five. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, last one on the list was the Delaware Paddle Sports Kayak Bass Fishing Series season finale. It was a statewide event with 36 anglers, five fish limit. First place, uh, Jerry Schaffel with 84 and a quarter. Second place, Matt Campbell with 80 and a half. Third place, Alex Fiocco with 78 and three quarters. So, not too bad, you know. No. That's probably, honestly, out there, I'd, that's probably a pretty good day. Yeah, I'm not too so. familiar with Delaware waters, but sounds like it was pretty, pretty on par day. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, appreciate everybody listening again. Uh, had a great show again. If you want to hear more in depth detail on how Guillermo's three days went, uh, KBN had him on. He's done a couple other interviews. You know, I, I don't mind you at all. I'm not telling you, you gotta only listen to us. Go, go check it out. Um, don't know what we got next week. May reach out to the All American Classic guys if nothing else big is going down. I'll try to see if I can figure out if there are any other big tournaments going down. But uh, we're winding down on that in the year. Um, me and Drew have already talked about it. Uh, we're gonna find some show topics, you know, relative to tournament fishing, but it won't be direct tourney coverage. Uh, it's just getting harder and harder to get guests because the seasons are coming to a close, and I'm, I mean that's kind of the end of that. But we'll have. Club directors on, talk to guys about setting up trails, you know, all sorts of stuff. We'll we'll yeah. we'll cover all of it. But, Absolutely. Uh, and I'll mention this now since we talked about earlier. I'll, I, you know, with our trial coming soon, and you know, a few complications, it's kind of come, turned into a high risk a high risk pregnancy. Now, you know, I may be taking a little hiatus off this, and you may find somebody else to fill in, and and I'll still be you know available for sure to to pop in from time to time uh, in the off season to talk about these topics, and we'll just see you know, what happens right now is obviously the priority for me, but, um, you know, still excited about, you know, schedule talk. I mean, there's so many, so many cool topics that we can get into in the off season. I know you guys will get into whether I'm here, uh, or not, but anyway, you guys just, that's just a heads up on why I may not be around, uh, some of the podcasts in the next, you know, I don't know who knows, who knows? It's just all up in the air. Who knows? I'm not letting him go nowhere though. We'll get him back yeah. at some point. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's stuck with paddling Finn now. Yeah, so yeah, it's a good break. It's a good break from whatever is going on in my life. And just like it is for people listening, this is a good break. Uh, you know, cause there are definitely more important and serious things in life than fishing and kayak fishing. But our job here is to, you know, entertain you guys and, and just hopefully give you a good distraction away from whatever may be, going on in your, your daily life that's making making life tough so hopefully you get to laugh and learn a little bit uh, at the same time here on these podcasts and thanks for watching and listening that's it that's a good closing statement <laughs> all right folks thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week all right go braves i think they're winning five to thanks one thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle and fin don't forget to go check out our website at paddle the letter n in fin.com don't forget to check out the youtube channel at paddle and fin you got a question comment want to hear from a future guest on a future episode feel free to email us at paddle the letter n in fin at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media at paddle and fin on facebook and instagram shout out to our show supporters angler the angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.
I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.